This is a Props.com production. The Bostonian is Matt Perrault. This is our f- city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered! You covered well! I covered! Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, Matt? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. Hey guys, welcome in to a Tuesday edition of the Bostonian versus the book. He's Dave Sherapan. I am Matt Peralt. We're here live on the Props YouTube channel podcast immediately after we are done. You guys can follow us at Boston versus the book on Twitter. And we're actually going to talk some baseball today, Dave. This is an interesting day in the middle of January, February, wherever month we are in. How are you? I'm good. <clears throat> I wore the Dodgers jersey just in case. Um, I, I, I saw the rundown. I said, wow, you're going to talk a little baseball, bro. That's uh, that's, that's all right with me. We could do that every day if you'd like. Well, we'll get into all this, but I am enthralled with going back to the nineties and going back to the two thousands and going back to, do you know who my favorite baseball player growing up was? Have I ever told you this? Nope. Um, my, no more. Yes. No, too, too young. I'm growing up now. I was an adult when no more was playing. Um, growing up. Roger Clemens. Correct. Correct. Okay. Roger Clemens, number 21 is significant to me. If you, people have known this, I got married at four twenty. Seven for a reason. I have very odd obsessions with four, two, four, seven, 14, 21, and 28. The 21 is Clemens. So that has been a massive part of my life for a really long time. And today we find out whether or not Roger Clemens is going to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Clemens and Bonds today, four o'clock Eastern time, we get to find out. Have I ever told you my philosophy on Hall of Fame voting? Oh boy! No, you have <clears throat> no, you have not. Um, is this is this going to be another coin flip discussion? Do I need to get ready for this? It could be. It it, it could be definitely. So let, my, let me settle in for this. People, sit back and relax. <laughs> this is what, this so my opinion, Go ahead. So my opinion on Hall of Fame voting is that if I have to think a lot about you being a Hall of Famer, you're not a Hall of Famer. Oh, okay. That's it that's should, actually good. That's 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 pretty it easy. Be a, yeah, it should just yeah. be a. Slam dunk. Like if you're in, if you're a Hall of Famer, I shouldn't have to dive and go. Well, in comparison to this person on that level on this day on that year, you did X, Y, and Z. Like it should just be like I hear your name and I'm like, yeah, you're a Hall of Famer. Like you're incredible. You were one of the best of the best. It's not the Hall of Great or the Hall of Good. It's the Hall of Great. It's a Hall of Fame. It is also a museum to history. Okay, it is a museum to what. And really, if you go back. Baseball to kind of steal the whole like field of dreams line, but it's true that you can track history with the game of baseball, where we've been, where we've gone, where we're going. Yep. I, I personally believe it is a museum, but I also, by the way, I have not. My family used to go every single year to a baseball tournament in Cooperstown and I've never gone. So I've seen like every inch of it with pictures, but I've never actually physically been there myself. Okay. I so, never have either. 
I can't my family has. Yeah. I mean, it's just every, the, the town and the, 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 the restaurants and just how, how special the induction ceremony is. And that's why I would not put Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens in the hall of fame. Would you? I mean, they were hall of famers based on your thought. They were the best. I mean, there's no question on the field what they did before the drugs, after the drugs, all that other stuff. I mean, they were both tremendous baseball players that when they pass your test, um, they're Hall of Famers. Now you get into the should you let them in or not. I mean, I don't like the high holier than thou. But they're like, in the guy that didn't vote for Jeter on the first time. Oh. He didn't want to. I mean, like, stop with that nonsense. Yes, right? I agree. That's so like, so like horrible. Serious. I mean, you're, here's you're in here's you're my in. thing, and 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 Doc is prepping for a rant. You, you you may not get a rant out of me, but you may get a soapbox moment out of me. The baseball Uh-oh, hall- surprise, surprise, minus okay. one eighty that that was going to happen. Go ahead. But the baseball Hall of Fame is a museum. They're in. Already, what people don't realize is the Baseball Hall of Fame is filled with Pete Rose memorabilia. It is filled with Barry Bonds memorabilia. It is filled with Roger Clemens memorabilia. Should Pete be in? Should Pete be in? I think Pete Rose is in. He is in the Hall of Fame. He's just not inducted into the correct. It's a personal accomplishment. It's not what they meant to the game. People always get this twisted. They're like, if you are in in Jeff Passan, who I know and love, I think he's a a tremendous guy. And I love the fact that his career, I've watched him in pretty much, you know, my, we're the same age, watched him become baseball's, you know, ESPN's number one baseball guy has a huge piece on the front page of ESPN today, ESPN.com today, talking about how the the hall of fame is going to fail itself because it's supposed to be a museum to history. And my retort to Jeff is, you know, their stuff is already in the hall of fame. This is about a personal moment. This is about getting your name up there as Barry Bonds, Baseball Hall of Famer. That's what Barry Bonds wants. That's what Roger Clemens wants. They want the moment in the sun. They want the speeches. They want the applause. They want the congratulations and everyone loving on them for that day in Cooperstown in the summertime when everyone's on the lawn looking up and they get that coat on them. And they're now forever known as a Baseball Hall of Famer. This is a personal thing. I don't let them in because of their lying and what they did to the game. But their numbers are, you can't take their numbers out of the game. You can't remove anyone. You can't remove Pettit. You can't remove any steroid sheet from the game. All their numbers are already there. Why do I have to give them the satisfaction that they were after by why they used the drugs to stay in the game or to build up their careers? Why should I give them that personal accomplishment and give them that moment in the sun? So have they earned it or did they lose their earning it by doing what they did after? That's my point. I'm not saying they aren't baseball hall of famers. I'm not saying their numbers aren't spectacular. When you go to the baseball hall of fame, you see Pete Rose's bat. You see the bat. He won. He won. He, won, he the most hits of all time. Pete Rose's bat is there. Barry Bonds, his cleats and his batting gloves and his helmet and his uniform. They're all there. Roger Clemens, 20 strikeouts, his glove. It's all there. It's a history. It's a museum to the history of the game. And those guys are part of the history of the game. You cannot remove any steroid cheat from the game. Because they all played it. They played at the highest of levels. But they want the bust. 
They want that picture of them on the wall, and they want to be able to be introduced from now until eternity as Roger Clemens, Baseball Hall of Famer. I'm not giving it to them. He lied on Congress. Barry Bonds lied publicly for years. These guys have all kind of sheepishly and quietly like, yeah, used, okay, but everybody was doing it. I'm just not giving them that satisfaction today. I, I would not vote for Clemens and I would not vote for Bonds. I wouldn't vote for A-Rod. I wouldn't vote for Sosa to get in, but they're already in. That's the thing I keep on coming back to. Is it like you can't keep them out of the game? I think that argument gets twisted every time we have this conversation. They're already in. I guess, I mean, you can look at it two ways. I mean, I don't think Barry Bonds cares whether he's in the Hall of Fame or not. Like, oh, I, I think he very much does. I think it's why he used. He used to make sure he was going to get in the Hall of Fame. Dude, I, I was there. Barry Bonds used so he could hit home runs. And get in the Hall of Fame and be one of the greatest of all time. Right. Because McGuire was care about getting in the Hall of Fame while he was taking while he was hitting yes, those he home runs. Hundred percent, he did. Hundred percent. He, he McGuire and Sosa were getting all the accolades, all the attention. He was like, "Screw you! You're not getting that. I'm taking that." He was so egocentric. He was so maniacal about it. He had it had to have been about him. It couldn't have been about anybody else. I mean, look, I was there when he hit number seventy in San Francisco, and. It was ridiculous. I mean, I was in the outfield and I was, I was hoping I brought a glove and I was hoping to catch the ball because the balls were going for stupid amounts of money. And it wasn't going to be, I mean, technically I could have seen he hit three home runs that day or maybe two home runs that day. He would have gone past 71, but I, I saw number 70 and I could tell you the ballpark was absolutely on fire and the oh, ball went unbelievable time. <laughs> the ball went over time. center field and went into that cavern, that hole. Yeah. At AT&T Park or whatever they call it now. And so, like, it was it was the grounds crew that got it, actually. They, they got the ball, not the crowd. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think, I mean, you know, <laughs> I saw Barry at the beginning. I was I, I was spending those summers going and asking him if I could ask him a question as an intern at KDK when he was in Pittsburgh. He didn't care about anyone then. I mean, Barry was about Barry, and Barry was about winning, and Barry was about, you know, playing – for yeah. himself, and I don't think he cares at all whether he's in the Hall of Fame or not. He they can't take his numbers away. That's the thing. Like once you do it on a the field, they can't take it yeah. away. Um, and so it shouldn't. Then, then what you're saying is it shouldn't matter if Bonds is in or not. Then, well, to Barry, but I mean for the history of the game, for the museum, for for all this stuff, you get this argument about you know how do you vote? Everybody votes what they want. I mean, like, and that's that's the you know I don't think that anyone has to be the the guardian of well, who gets in on the first time, who gets in on the sixth time, when do you get in, when do you don't, how do you vote? If you're privileged enough to get a vote, just treat it with with some respect. And if you vote your way, be prepared to defend your way. If you have a vote, you would not vote them in. If someone else has a vote, they would vote them in. I don't know what I would do because at this point, like time heals all wounds. And I mean, Pete Rose not being in the Hall of Fame at this point. I mean, Pete has been going there in the summer, sitting outside, mm -hmm. signing autographs and stuff for years. Yep. And, you know, he's kind of a an old curmudgeon now. I mean, he's a little bit like, you know. Um, he's doing our business. He's, he, he's in our side of the business. He's, <laughs> he's giving picks and stuff. And, and, and he's been doing some, some things for a long time. And, like, it's ironic now that it's all everybody's partners. Like, so things change. Like, give Pete why you got to wait till he dies to to give him his moment in the sun. Like, I think Pete I don't think get he'll in. get in ever. 
I don't think he'll ever get in. I, I don't think he'll ever be. I don't think but, he'll ever get that. Mo- I don't think the veterans committee is going to put him in. I don't think the voters are going to put him in. But there's going to be a sports book at Wrigley Field in the ballpark. There's going to be a sports book in Chase Field. They're going to take I, bets. I, I agree. Right you're, upstairs. You're right. you're right. But he also lied repeatedly. Oh, he lied repeatedly. He had chances to come clean. He could have come clean. He chose not to. Okay. I mean, at the time, he couldn't come clean. Well, I mean, he could have come clean for clean years and years. He fought it for years. He fought it. And then he finally was like, yeah, fine. I did it. Like, if he had had the public yeah, stance. Major of like, League Baseball was in court up to the Supreme Court saying gambling was bad for the right, game. Right, I know. Right. And they're all hypocrites. A year later. They're all hypocrites. I'm not debating the point. But Pete Rose still lied about what he did. And Pete Rose still bet on games involving his team. Okay. Okay. He, 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 he bet games. He claims he never bet against his team, but whatever. I mean, I don't buy that for a second. Think I, I think he's he the has, only one that did it. hundred percent. No, of course not. Like it's like, like Tim Donaghy is okay. the only referee involved. I mean, come on now. It's that, that's the same debate with steroids. It's, it's not about who did, who don't I know it's who do I know it's, I have evidence and facts I know. And that's the David Ortiz argument to me is that like, you can talk about the Mitchell report all you want, but Unless you read the Mitchell report, which most Red Sox fans have read back to front, it's much like the Flategate. We all read it. We read the Flategate. We read like, hey man, this is a load of bull. Okay. This whole like this paper is it's not worth this paper that is written on. And it wasn't. The right. Flategate was a joke. And the Mitchell report is the same thing. They have a list of players that were found to have been using a substance that Major League Baseball considered to be illegal. We don't know what that substance was. We don't know if it was a tainted supplement. We don't know what David Ortiz tested positive for on the Mitchell report. And then he played the game in the most heavily tested and scrutinized portion of the steroid era and came clean every single time. So the only thing you can use on Ortiz is, well, his name appeared on the Mitchell report. Great. What was it? And that's what he has claimed for years. Tell me what I tested positive for and baseball won't release it. The fact that baseball won't release that finding because it was supposed to have been anonymous and somebody leaked it to the media and then it came out and everybody was like, wait a minute, how did that get out in the press? It wasn't supposed to get out in the press. But that's the only thing you can say, well, his best friend, Manny Ramirez, was tested, you know, popped three times with the Dodgers. hundred percent. I don't know when Manny used. I just know Manny used. And if you want to use that against Manny Ramirez, I have no problem with saying Manny Ramirez shouldn't not be in the Baseball Hall of Fame, even though his numbers are there. But David Ortiz is a Baseball Hall of Famer. Kurt Schilling's a baseball hall of famer. I mean, th- these are guys who their postseason accolades. I don't really care about. Well, they didn't play defense. Don't care about Ortiz on that. Well, Schilling's a jerk. Don't care about that. These guys hall of fame numbers in the postseason. When a game's on the line, I want Kurt Schilling on the mound. When the game's on the line, I want David Ortiz at bat. That's a hall of famer in my mind. Uh, but if Ortiz used, he's not a hall of famer. If Ortiz used and lied this entire time, I would not put his his numbers are already if in the hole. He used thing. and didn't lie because he wasn't he asked or he didn't have to lie because well, he puts the burden back on them saying, Well, what did I what did I test positive for? Oh, no, we'll Dave Ortiz you. has said numerous times publicly he never used steroids. It's a fact. He has gone uh, to, to the guys mat. went to Congress and said, You just said Correct. very positive that forever. Well, Clemens did too, and that's why they're on the same standard. Yes, if we, Bonds if I have go actual to, evidence, go to Congress. Bond, I mean, Bonds used. Did you see the size of his head? Yes, and Bonds was on was on a stand in a court case in which he admitted Where? using the clean, the clean, the, the clean, the clear court case. 
in San Francisco. And Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Nowitzki was the head of the United States anti-doping right. agency. And he yeah. had bonds on the stand and bonds admitted using steroids on the stand. Bonds used steroids. He used the clean, the, the career, the clean, the cream and the clear for a decade used, before that. Yep. hundred percent. And he still lies. I mean, he still talks about the fact he's still not like coming clean and be like, I'm really sorry. I used, I shouldn't have done that. Like you never hear about any of that with Barry Bonds. And so for that matter, if David Ortiz is found to have been using steroids during his career, I would have the same standard. But the only thing we have on David Ortiz is his name in the Mitchell report and an associate of his, his best friend also was using. That's it. Yeah, I'm not going to convict a guy. It was a joke. That was, yep. I mean, that was, that was it's a complete joke. And it's the only thing against Ortiz. So to me, if I'm voting, David Ortiz is in, I mean, his numbers are absolutely ridiculous right now. I mean, Elias just put this out this morning um, for, for David Ortiz that, um, uh, where is that on Ortiz? Hold on. I saw that this morning and now I can't find it um, for his number. Oh, there it is. David Ortiz is one of 10 players to finish in the top five at MVP voting for five straight years. The other nine players, five of them are in the Hall of Fame and there and the other three are still active. And the other one is Barry Bonds. I mean, his numbers are, I mean, I don't care about the fact that you say, well, he didn't play in the field. He's only a DH. This is like the kicker argument with football. Like Adam Vinatieri is a Hall of Famer. David Ortiz is a Hall of Famer. Clutch Best guys. Ever? I, I mean, he's in the conversation. I mean, there has yeah. been some really, really good ones who have really had incredible careers. But yeah, I mean, in terms of like, what DH do you want with the game on the line? I'm going with David Ortiz every time. I mean, he's the best clutch hitting DH of all time. His postseason numbers are ridiculous. Yeah. And so I just, I, I just feel like today, I hope David Ortiz gets in. I'm assuming Bonds and Clemens will not get in. And it's, I don't feel like it's a wrong, I don't feel like anyone's being wronged here. I don't feel like it, you know, there's some big, huge tragedy happening for Bonds and Clemens if they don't get in on the last year of their eligibility. And maybe the Veterans Committee puts them in, but I, I don't think so. I, I I don't think they're getting in. I don't think Rhodes is getting in. I think Andy Pettit is an interesting look. Uh, I mean, he came clean. He apologized. He 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 kind of paid his you know his, his penance, if you will, publicly. And every year around this time, I'm always wondering why Andy Pettit is not on like a PR campaign. And I think the reason is he really feels at peace with like, look, I did it. If you don't want me in, that's fine. My numbers are my numbers, and that's just what it is. But like Pettit's wins are. Like in the postseason, look what that guy did in the playoffs. I mean, Andy oh, yeah. is unbelievable. I mean, the postseason argument is interesting because, you know, a lot of guys played on bad teams and, you know, were Hall of Famers that never had opportunity mm-hmm. to put up numbers in the postseason. And now we have extra postseason. So numbers are skewed a little bit as far as, you know, there's a whole nother round of games. So, you know, accumulation of numbers. That's the thing that makes the Baseball Hall of Fame interesting discussions, who should get in when, because the voters will measure it based on a certain, like, you know, 3,000 hits or 300 wins and all these other things. And then when you tell them about the postseason, they're like, yeah, but, you know, this guy didn't get to play in the postseason. So they change the, the standards for the way it's voted, which is annoying. It's a great conversation. I would bet that David Ortiz does, is this his first year of eligibility? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they won't let him in. I'd right, bet- I, I agree. I mean, to, to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, my guess is he's tight though. He's right. He's at like eighty. 
80%, I think what they saw this morning. So like Bonds and Clements are at like 75%, but early voting tends to be a little bit skewed. So the rest of the ballots that will come in, we'll see. Some people think that they'll drop, they'll like miss like by like three or four votes is what they're projecting. Like it's going to be really close for Bonds and Clements. They'll be the closest they've ever been, but they still, it's being projected that they will miss. And I just want to say one more quick thing because in the chat, people are talking about this. Barry Bonds used steroids against the U.S. government. Like the idea that baseball did not outlaw the use of steroids and that somehow acquits Bonds doesn't work for me. It was illegal to use the the laws of our country dictated that using that was wrong. <laughs> Selling and buying that was wrong. So you can say, well, they weren't doing anything wrong to baseball rules. Yeah, but he could go to jail for possession of that substance. So like, I, I'm not buying the argument that like, because baseball hadn't been smart enough to outlaw it or put it on the books as being against the rules. Baseball just said, look, this is against society's laws. So like, we don't need to outlaw this. If you're caught with this, you go to jail. Forget about our stupid baseball rules. You're losing your freedom for having this in your possession or selling this in your possession or, or, or selling it. So that argument doesn't hold water to me that, well, bonds shouldn't be looked at so critically because baseball hadn't outlawed it yet. Fair. I mean, baseball put their head in the sand for a long time. Of course. Time. <laughs> it was, well, baseball, it was, you know. I mean, if we want to put baseball on trial, okay, I'm here for it. Like, we, we can do that. We just talked about the betting angle, right? Let's put baseball on trial. Let's put everyone else. Let's put all the different people who fought it. Goodell saying that our sport would crumble if you legalize sports betting, and now you're playing in places that are called the Caesar Superdome, okay? Like, let's go through all the different, you know, ridiculous comments that were made over the years by Major League Baseball, by the NFL, by owners, and by people that were like, yeah, this is a horrible behavior. We're never going to allow it. It'll ruin our sport. And now they're in bed with it. I, I'm here for that conversation. It's just that it doesn't equate towards the individual use of steroids by these players for whatever reason that they were going to use it. McGuire, I mean, McGuire is a borderline, if that Hall of Fame anyway player. And so in my mind as well, it's just that, you know, it makes it easier for the Hall because Barry Bonds arguably was a Hall of Famer before he ever touched a needle. Like when Barry was just in Pittsburgh doing his Pittsburgh thing, he was a five tool player, Hall of Fame player in Pittsburgh before he ever went to San Francisco, ever went to the Giants. You could put him in just based upon his Pittsburgh Pirate numbers in my mind as to what. Oh, he, he did. Yeah. He was, he was an unbelievable baseball player and um, had, it's the late career success that that stuff really. Yeah, skewed the did. numbers. I yeah, mean, it just it skewed the numbers. So he passed I, everyone because of the numbers. He broke every record because of his late because post thirty five Barry Bonds. Yeah, that's that's his whole thing. He sunk yeah. everything. His whole career was jettisoned because of his ego post thirty five. He couldn't deal with anyone else because hey, they're doing it, so I'm going to do it. But I'm going to do it even better because I've got a way with Balco that you haven't even seen yet. Watch what my talents when I pour kerosene on my fire. Watch how burn how brightly I can burn, and he did. I mean, we all knew what was happening. He hit a, a lot of balls in a McCovey's Cove. That's right. Oh, I mean, he homered like I think one clip was like one home run every six at bats. Like and it they wouldn't pitch to him. No. They wouldn't pitch to him. He walked. More than he hit home runs. Like it wasn't yep. even close. I mean, younger people don't remember that, but like 
there wasn't like during the bonds and Sosa era when they were going after and baseball was coming off the strike and everything was just down on baseball. And you could say those two dudes saved baseball. I would concur. Yes, absolutely. I remember 1998 vividly and the split screen between Sosa at bat and McGuire at bat magic. And that pissed off Barry Bonds to no end. They were breaking into games, other games in uh, like, Hey, McGuire's up, cut in. Yep. Boom. He walked right up ESPN when ESPN really owned baseball. That that was when ESPN had baseball by the nuts and they did everything they wanted to. And it was like, Hey, we have a day baseball game. Cincinnati's playing, you know, whoever, you know, the Marlins up doesn't matter. We're going right to this, you know, live look in Barry Bonds at bat. Let's see what he does. And they would go ahead and cut to it and people would be glued to it and they would watch. This is like really pre-internet streaming and pre-Twitter and Facebook, really. And we all were just captivated and locked in to the bottom line as to like Bonds will be up third in the second inning or whatever, whatever it was. And we all were like holding our breath going, oh, my gosh. Or same with McGuire and Sosa. Oh, my gosh. He hit one. No, he hit one. No, he hit one. Going back and forth. It's fascinating. Do they get to 61? Who's going to get it first? Are they both going to break it? And I used to go off. when they would come to town when I lived in Arizona. I would go for batting practice. The second the gates open, I was there to see the visiting batting practice because the home team hits first. And usually by the time they open the gates, they're letting the visitors come out and hit. So I was there first thing and watching McGuire hit batting <laughs> practice. He was hit. They opened the, the things out in Arizona, out of Chase Field, and he hit balls out of the stadium. The panels <laughs> were open to let air in before they right. closed them for the AC to really kick on in the summer. Right. He hit balls out on the Van Buren like they were out of the stadium. And we were just I was just sitting there like, is anyone else watching this? I would go by myself sometimes. My brother-in-law couldn't go. I made him buy partial season ticket plan, <laughs> made sure we went to every one of the Cardinals and the Cubs games and just sat and watched BP was a show, let alone the games were was almost like the afterthought. afterthought. It was right. incredible. Yeah, the fireworks show pre. So oh. the good news is that baseball and the union are at least talking Finally. It, it feels like we're making progress. Do you feel any optimism that we might actually get this thing started on time? I'm I'm supposed to have a call tomorrow with some guys, uh, you know, from MLB and stuff. So hopefully I'll load a little bit more then. But yes, I feel like, I mean, at least talking is good. You know, most of the time it, talking, it's where it starts. Now, whether anybody's mm-hmm. listening or not, I don't know. Um, I told you. You know, last week and my guys at WinBet put up the the season win totals for all the teams. I mean, they're like, we're going full bore here. Let's go. I got a text yesterday. What do you make the Red Sox season win total? And I was like, that's tough. It's a little early. Like, like when you look at the numbers, (laughs) it's like, okay, I don't know, 85 and a half, 86 and a half. Yeah, that's fair. Somewhere in that that. neighborhood. Yep. I like that. I think we can get excited talking about it because i mean we can see the sun setting on football season it's right around the corner so you know what's coming uh let's let's keep talking i like it speaking of talking tom brady on his podcast yesterday is doing okay. a lot of talking bringing up the death of kobe bryant mm. bringing up getting hit and how it affects his wife finally got giving up in the mouth and he's, he's already talking about getting hit he ain't been hit in 10 years but go ahead Talking about his family, his children, having that his children aren't getting everything that they deserve from him. This is true. 
this is this is like the whole Dana White idea. Like when you start talking about retirement, you're already retired. Do you feel like I do that Brady has played his last game? Um, he's a lot closer to it than he ever has been, and I think he's 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 got one. If if, if the screen is divided, I think he would have one foot on your side and one foot on my side now. And before, Agreed. he was never never put his foot over that line. Now his foot's over that line where he's like, I'm close. I'm, I'm, I mean, it's one more year. It's one more year or nothing. There's no, I, I mean, he ain't, that play until 50, uh-uh, that's done. Um, the first plan was 45, by the way. That was the first number he chucked yeah. out was I want, I want to play to him 45, which would be through next season. So if he wanted to hold to the first bar, he put the first bar was 45. That was the number he said. He said 45 at 40. And people were like, wow, you only five more years at 40? And no, no way. Well, you, as you said yesterday, if he wins the MVP, how the hell do you walk away? I guess the question would be, who is he playing with? Gronk has said he's taking three to five weeks to make a determination. My yep. guess is his announcement and Brady's announcement will be concurrent. So it's a package deal. They both walk or they both are back, in my opinion. I mean, I think he's probably recruiting some other wide receivers or something Fair. right now. Like, I think that Brady's working like, hey, man, we're going to do this thing. We're going to run it back one more year. I need you to come down. Tampa's great. You know, Bruce is yeah. great. We'll, How about we'll Devontae Adams? Uh, huh? How about Devontae Adams after freezing his butt off for mm. what? how many years in Green Bay? Hey, buddy, mm. you want to come and live and play in Tampa? Come on, Hang man. Up by the, ham up by the ocean. Come on out. Throw you the ball. We'll get you. We'll get you a nice deal. Like, I mean, Tom's pulling the strings right now, trying Agreed. to figure out who he's going to play with one more year. But I, I did a little pre-show video today. Like, Tom, listen, listen. There's a lot of stuff going on at home. Like a lot of things going on. They're going to be to pick up and drop off to school. You're going to be. To, there's going to be a lot of things happening. Just be you might careful. want that though. Don't you think you might want that after all I these years of not so. having it? I would think so, but just 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 be prepared. I'd rather him just say, "Look, I'm tired. I'm done playing." Like, don't yeah. put it on Giselle and the kids. And oh, well, I think Jack might be. Play. I mean, but Jack might be a pretty big factor. He's Jack's 14, and Jack lives in California, and I'm sure he's seeing his son becoming a man, like growing up and like going through struggles and going through, I mean, you have teenagers, you know what that's like. You gotta be there. You gotta be there. You gotta be there for them. And like, you you know, dad's on a zoom call, like dad's not any, they're on different coasts and you know, Bridget Moynihan's done a really incredible job with her career. She, she does work. She works a little bit to take care of their son. And they're really, I mean, she, by all accounts, she's a tremendous mother. And, but like, that's gotta be tough on him to know that like my other two kids are growing up not knowing their older brother, not, you know, in a different part of the country, seeing them on different, you know, on weekends, if you will, or whatever it might be. And like, we see all the social media posts with the three of them playing around, but on like the day to day, getting up in the morning to go to school, Jack's not there. And so like, that's gotta be tough for Tom and that's gotta be tough. You you have to think that they would consider relocating or having a house in, you know, I think they have a house in California actually, but like to be able to spend more time on the West coast, you know, Tom's mom and dad are getting up there in age and you just got to figure like, it makes sense for them to relocate after leaving Tampa to go to California, but he can't be playing if that were to happen. So I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I go through it in my own life of like thinking about, I was the oldest 
and my mom got remarried and I, and I had two brothers and a sister and I was always out of the house, but, but I was, I, I would come back from college and come back. Like I was there as like, you knew I was part of the family. You knew I was, I wasn't on the other side of the world, other side of the country. It wasn't a three hour time difference. And so yeah. I just wonder how that's, how that will impact as Brady considers, like, I'm really not in my son's life. Like, how do I change that? Because for six months out of the year, I can't even really see the kid. Like I can see my own kids cause they live with me, but I can't see Jack at all at 14. So I think he's done. I, I, I think he's got, he's done everything. There's nothing left. Like what the hell is left? You have seven rings. It's, <laughs> It gets to the point, and again, you know, and we're both dads. We're both, I mean, and that that was, you know, ground into me early on in life, being the oldest of five with my dad. I mean, time is is the most perishable item we have in life, and you can't get the time back. So maybe at 14, he's going, I need to be a part of his life a lot, and me being – well, he referenced Kobe too. The one thing that stood out from yeah, I mean that's what I mean. Something can happen. And you're saying, done. You're done. He said, just like Kobe Bryant, family friend. We all think we've got time. Like the whole Buddhist nut line that I always say. Like the biggest, the Buddha says, the biggest mistake we all make is that we have that we think we have time. Right. And, and so when you when you factor that in, I've I've always had that. And like this life uh, in the book has has always been that one thing like that was pulling me away from it, and I was able to once I had, you know, my first to keep it at a distance and just stay at the book it was at or stay at a different book and stay at the counter. And then when I got in the risk room and stuff and you really get deep and you got to be good and you got to know everything and you got to watch all the lines, it started to pull you away. And it's, it's, it's a hard balance to maintain if you have that expectation for yourself to be the best. Tom Brady's not going to be a middle of the road quarterback. He's the MVP of the league at 45. Like, so he knows that it's either I'm in playing or I'm mm. not playing. I can't mm. half-ass playing. There's no, and and now I got to be all in with these kids and, and, and the wife right now. And it's just like now I, I, after the stroke and everything, like there's higher things happening, pulling you in different directions and you don't know why. He'll know in a month or two whether he's supposed to play again or not. I think he will. Um, it's a little quick right now to, to think about it, but I mean, I went to West Virginia to be a sports book director. I left Jess and the kids here. I said, wait here. Let me figure this out. I lasted eight weeks without them. I FaceTimed them three times a day, woke up wow. in the morning, took my lunch, FaceTimed them because we were three hours behind. And then before I went to sleep, I kind of ate dinner with them on a FaceTime. And I was like, you know, and then the kids were going to practice and I wasn't mm. there. And, the, you know, the other one was was doing recite. She did a recital or something. It killed me. The kids are fine. Like right. what we don't understand as adults, they're more resilient than us. But as we get older, you know, you start to see, you know, you're on the back nine. You got to get all the time you can with these kids because, believe me, it comes to a point where they're like that. We're good. We're going out with our friends. And you're left like, wait a second. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, what, what happened? Like, I'm, I got to go watch a game now. Like, I got to go, I got to, you know, you find something to do. But it's a, it's an interesting discussion. And I think a lot of people have opinions on it that nobody really knows, obviously, except for right, all them. those kids yeah. and, and Giselle and all, and, and all that stuff. Um, selfishly, I want to see him play one more time. 
I don't want to see him go out like that. I want to see him and I want to see him get his moment in the sun where it's his last trip to this city. And they say, Tom, thanks. We're going to beat you today. You killed us for 20 years. I mean, I, I, I would love to see him go back to Pittsburgh one more time because, you know, Pittsburgh, he, he owned them. He owned mm. the Steelers forever. He'd get a standing ovation on the way out. I'm with you. I would love to see it too. I just, I, I don't think he wants that. I don't, he doesn't seem like he's interested he doesn't. in that type of farewell. Like we talked yesterday, the Jeter Rivera Ortiz farewell tour. He's just not really, I don't think he's interested in, in, in doing that because it would be really cool to watch him go back to, 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 to Foxborough one more time and just, that moment because it was so like there was a lot of animosity like you left and like you came back it was like you know number one game in the season everyone counted it down but it would be really fun to like now knowing he's done and mac jones is the heir apparent like that would be a really fun week i think if it if brady did do that and the league sent the bucks back to new england i they probably won't and again i think brady's walking without it but it would be i'm with you i think it would be it would be cool all right fair or foul here the Rams have decided to geo-target and block out anybody who has a credit card address outside of greater Los Angeles. If you're trying to buy tickets to the game this weekend and you don't live in LA or LA, the LA County area, you are not being allowed to buy tickets. Fair or foul? It's absurd. <laughs> it's absurd. What's wrong with these people? I don't even want to wear because they have. I told you before, remember the when the Rams were shook when the Niners came in and they all said it. McVay said it. Stafford said it. They weren't prepared for the number of Niner fans that were at the game at the end of the season. It was like, wait, where are we? That was like a Charger game, not a Rams game. And they're trying to prevent a red out from happening for the NFC championship game. I don't think it's going to work. I mean, I think it's a, I think it may have motivated ticket buyers more to go out there and buy tickets. Now you're, now you're following the money, right? That's why they did it. But when they're saying this and they're going to be, I mean, this drives up the price of the tickets. This does everything. I don't well, believe it's a secondary market though. I mean, the LA Rams don't benefit from that. I'm talking about on the secondary ticket market. It drives the ticket prices up. I, it gets people to buy it who want to go to the Do you game. want people to come to the game or not? That's all they should be worrying about. Where they come from? And stop the nonsense. Like, are you serious with this? I I saw this Arash on Mc... the list and I was like, is this really happening? Like, is there proof oh, yeah. that this is really happening? 100%. LA so Times I can't column. buy tickets because I'm in Vegas? Is that correct. what you're telling me? You are not correct. You are not allowed to buy tickets to the game. If you had access to buy I tickets to the game. I don't want to go anyway. Right. But you're, you're not. You're not. Arash. Marchese from the LA Times yeah. wrote an article yesterday. Great guy, great writer. I, I've sat next to him for a bunch of games here in Vegas. He loves coming to Vegas. He was like, basically lives here. I and met him at the window at the book one time. There you go. In the yeah. Cosmo. He, he's always here. He, he's, he's a good dude. He likes. He wrote an article basically saying that you should not judge a fan base based upon their desire to spend thousands of dollars to go to a football game. Is that fair? Because I did that to the, I did that to Packer fans. I did that to Bills fans when they didn't want to sit out in zero degree temperatures. And you could have gone to the Bills playoff game. You could have gone for thirty bucks, and you could have gone to the game for the Niners in Lambeau for thirty bucks to get in on the secondary ticket market. Now fans are going to go in the nice, warm, comfy confines of SoFi Stadium, yeah. but 
I think you do judge it. I think you are judged as a fan base based upon the ability to buy tickets to go to a game. Um, it's the know. championship game. You're telling me you don't have a your fan base in Los Angeles, Los Angeles, number two media market in the country, Tinseltown, filled with millionaires and people who work in the industry, in the entertainment industry. You can't sell out SoFi Stadium with just Rams fans. There's a lot That's going on me? on Sunday, you know. You could go to the beach. You could go do a bunch of stuff. I That's mean, that- an indictment to the Rams. It's an indictment on the Rams. It's an indictment on the market. It's an indictment on their fans. It's, I mean, okay, it is. I'm sorry, it is. And, it, and it's just, it's just, it shows. I'm not saying there's not tons of things to do because there are tons of things to do. Okay. The mountains and the beach and the whatever, right? Yeah. We got, ton- we got tons of stuff to do here in Vegas as well. Okay. True. People are still going to Allegiant Stadium. Okay. And but yes, and we're we're welcoming those tourists and we're welcoming those people to come on in. And we're like, yeah, come on in. It's right. fine. We're not going to knock you out. The Golden Knights did do that in year two after year one. They did limit on the secondary ticket market. The way the Knights did it was once tickets go on sale, in order to resell our tickets, you must go through our secondary ticket source to right. resell authentic tickets. And we're going to geo-target where the secondary ticket market can be purchased. We're going to prioritize Vegas and prioritize our region, which they could have done. But the Rams didn't do that. The Rams on the first crack at it said, not secondary ticket market, the first market. If you live outside of LA County, you cannot buy tickets to the game. It's all an inside job. All those guys in <laughs> LA County ticket brokers and all them guys are maybe killing it. Possible. Yeah, they're definitely killing it. I would I would agree. And there's I mean, people who live in the Bay Area, a lot of them, Silicon Valley, they have a lot of money and they're capable and they're capable of buying, you know, suites in full rows of tickets. And they're you know perfectly capable of flying on a private jet to come on down to go support the 49ers. And on some level that scares the Rams because the Rams aren't established in the market. Like San Francisco is established in the market. I mean, this is, you know, the Niners since the Raiders left town, it's it was already a San Fran town, a Niner town anyway in San Francisco, but now it's the whole Bay Area. They got the whole three city to themselves. Ooh. So, I mean, it's a it's real easy for them to go ahead and buy tickets and spend the money. And and that's what Marchese's point was: like, don't rip the Rams because they don't have the people who can buy the money or Rams fans. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> How do <laughs> like, they think, not have the fans? I mean, there's a zillion people there. Like they get because I mean, they don't pay attention because LA is a Raider town. It will always be a Raider town. That's why the league would not let the Raiders to go back there mm. because of the gang associations and because of the look. The LA that's where the Raiders should have gone, should have gone back to LA. I love them here. Don't get me wrong. I love the stadium. I love them here. But in all honesty, coming to Vegas, the league was like crap. You can't go to LA. We can't let that happen again. So yeah, go to Vegas. We'll just suck it up and deal with it. Go ahead, go to Vegas. They would prefer it there than LA. So they put the Chargers in LA instead. Chargers and moved them to LA. Yeah, because Dean Spanos went and begged and pleaded to Jerry Jones and company saying, please give us LA. And they were like, fine, but you have to share the stadium with the Rams because we're not comfortable that the Rams can actually fill their stadium consistently. So that's how they got the $2 billion stadium built was for two teams versus one. And Dean Spano got out of his deal in, L- in, in San Diego. I can't believe the Rams were in LA and they built generations of fans. If you want to call them that and they moved, then moved to St. Louis, St. <laughs> Louis. 
little bit different than L.A. They take them back. Oh, won a won a ring though in St. Louis. They did. I mean, they, I mean, they had a lot of success, and then they just left to come back to a fancy new stadium that we can then showcase and have, you know, the Super Bowl and all this other stuff in L.A. NFL and, Network. Yeah, I mean, like it's 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 like it's all right there. They can't limit the tickets. That's terrible. I don't I don't like the move at all. Fill the stadium. Mm. Who cares who's in there? I would agree. All right, let's talk some hoops. Auburn tonight. Look at this. First time in school history. How about this? They are the number one ranked team in the country for Bruce, for Bruce Pearl's team. Yeah. It, we, we, I talked about it before that our boy Thomas Casali has got a 70 to one ticket price on this. Tried to talk me into it and I couldn't do it. Now they're the number one team in the country on the road against Missouri tonight at minus 14 and a half. Dave gambling Twitter is all over the dog here on yep. this game. Yep. Makes sense. Too many points. No, I mean, that's the first impression. Times the game start. Uh, I think it's locally eight, uh, seven o'clock local. I think it's five o'clock our time. Five. It's in Missouri. So it's central time. Auburn, Missouri. Wow. Gambling Twitter. Everybody's on the dog. It's 12 Everyone. offshore. Okay. So it's down. Yeah. Everyone's on it. I mean, it's just, everyone's doing the exact thing you did. 14 and a half. Well, that's too many points. Ooh. I don't know. Darn good chance. Auburn makes a statement tonight because they are number one for the first time. And Missouri stinks. They can't score. Man, oh man. I mean, at 14 and a half, I'd book it. I know. Ken that. Palm's got it at 14. Yeah. Which, by the way, you made that point, and I've been paying attention to this since you made that point. It's almost universal that the opening number is Ken Palm's number. It's alarming. It's like, it's really alarming. Like, I thought Arizona tonight, Arizona's game against UCLA, I was like, yeah. okay, there's going to be Ken Palm has it minus two, opening number minus two. I was like, <laughs> Holy crap. I was like, really? I was like, they're just copying Ken Palm's numbers. Like Ken Palm posts what he thinks the number is in the book. Just zip. There it is. There's the opening number, whatever Ken Palm is saying. So by the way, that 20 bucks is a damn good value for 20 bucks to pay. That's a free plug. He didn't pay me or anything. I I buy it. But like, I I now I go through this. I'm like looking at the, I have opening line on one screen and I've got the Ken Palm on the other and I'm going back and forth and I'm like, what the hell? identical <laughs> like it's the line moves obviously because it's being yeah. bet but the opening number is the ken palm number almost all the time it's it's incredible and and i remember when it first started popping up i mean it was in chat rooms it was you know ken palm was just kind of posting it and guys i respected in the business were like hey have you guys seen these ken palm ratings this guy's doing really good work and blah 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 and his numbers were very different from mm. the opening numbers uh-huh. And there was huge value in playing like the the one year that I was doing it, I won a handicapping contest and it was just playing the, the Ken Palm off numbers. So when it, when he had a game minus four and they opened it minus six and a half, it was just an, I didn't even know who was playing. I just huh. took the dog and it won more than it didn't. And I ended up winning a contest and, I, I won like two dimes and it nice. was great. And I wasn't even watching the games. I was just working in the book, <laughs> changing him. diapers. The kids were little, <laughs> but this is going back like 10 years. I didn't even know what it's doing, but I was like, you know, see, so it just pays to listen to stuff and hundred percent for 20 bucks. You get those numbers and then you can kind of play with them and you can kind of see what someone who's 
literally dictating the opening line in sports books around the world. It's not a bad idea. Uh, two quick things. SoCal DJ on the chat. Auburn is 16, two and one against the spread as favorites coming off a win. Ooh. So okay. there we go with that. Yep. And breaking news in the NFL. What? Ian Rappaport reporting. Sean Payton is stepping down as the head coach of the new Orleans Saints. Mm. Is Sean wow. Payton the new head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders? Oh boy! I was that's, told there's a very, very strong possibility of that's, that happening. That's a that's a. Uh, it's I take him tomorrow. I take him tomorrow. I, I mean, that's, I was that's, told that it's a very that the Raiders are going to be interested. Wow. Uh and I mean, he just took his ball and went home. He was like, "I'm just, I'm out." Quarterback situation is a mess. Why would you? I mean, it's a complete disaster. And you don't know what the solution is going to be. And you spent all that money on Taysom Hill. You just burned all that cap space on that dude. You're leaving. By the way, whoever takes over that job is getting an absolute mess. Like you're, you're walking into an, a mess. Getting a, 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 a an above average defense. But I mean, you got a lot of things going on right now. You're you're basically building from scratch the offense. I mean, you're, well, you're I, I told you, I mean, we talk, yeah, we talked about it during the year. I think Alvin Kamara just straight up quit on his team. Alvin Kamara just stopped playing. He just didn't want to run. He just wasn't running anymore. He wasn't running hard. He was just like, eh. Do you remember the Ricky Waters line for who, for what? Ricky Waters said it yeah. for Philadelphia. He said, for who, Great runner. for what? And Kamara looked like that. He was like, what am I out here getting? I'm getting killed. For who, for what? You guys ain't even trying. You're putting this guy's a quarterback that he never played. Didn't even give him no reps in practice. I can see how that happens. I'm not saying that that's good or bad or whatever. But how about this though? If Michael Thomas comes back healthy, would Rodgers go there? Depending on the coach. Coach, depends on the coach. But if he if he had if he had a say in who the coach was going to be, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, that defense indoors. Bring Devontae with him. Maybe. Oh my gosh! Could you mention that offense? Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Alvin Kamara, and Aaron Rodgers indoors. <laughs> In that division? Ooh. But if Brady walks, that division looks much different. Oh. Right? I mean, the Panthers are a mess. Brady comes Fal- back. Just Falcons to- are a mess. Panthers just- are a mess. Oh, man. Brady walks. The Bucks are a mess. It becomes an incredibly winnable division. Oh. Oh, immediately. Oh. Immediately. Wow. So I guess he, I guess the line is he would probably be um, in line. I mean, the line, I guess, is that he is going to retire. Yeah. Which is possible because I know somebody who knows him pretty well. um, And he's been spending a lot of time in Florida and a lot of time in his ranch. I think it's in Idaho. He has a ranch and he just got married, I think, or he's engaged. So like he's starting a new chapter of his life. Yeah. So it might make sense to be like, look, I've made enough money. I don't need the hassle anymore. My heart's not in it anymore. And maybe he takes one or two years away. I, I don't think he's done coaching. Maybe now, for now. But my gut would say that anytime there's a big opening in the next couple of years, Sean Payton's name is going to be tossed around. For sure. I mean, there's the... the, the a proven I, winner. I would I would say just at first blush, retirement is the favorite. 
Yeah. According to Nick Underhill, who's reporting for the New Orleans Saints, or I guess for ESPN, the report is he is retiring, but I would say he's retiring right now. Right. I don't know if it's actually being retired for good, but (laughs) I think right now he is retiring, walking away maybe because also you have to you for 15 years, you would run the risk of burning the bridge with the Saints fans in New Orleans. And like, if you walk to a different team, it really would cause drama. So you walk for two years and then come back. There's some distance there and you're able to kind of allowed to it's go back. hard to take that break like that long though and then True. come back to that like look at her grind Meyer. i mean like yeah. what, what 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 are you doing man like you can't do that go back and coach high school and like enjoy it and do it for the love of like and then get back into it maybe but like imagine coward coming back like people mentioning guys like that that do it and then get away from it and coming back Tough. like why why would you? It, it's it's very hard it's a different game it's everything's different and I mean, you just put the bulb in my head, though. I mean, like Breeze walks away, he tries it for a year, and goes, "Man, I'm I, I don't want to do this." Tomlin may be next. That's Tomlin what just may to, be next. I knew you say. were going. I'm like thinking, "Oh no, this could get bad quick." Like, <laughs> same deal. Tomlin is still one of the betting favorites to be the Raiders coach offshore, which I don't get. Oh, I know. I mean, there's guys in that odds room were like, put up a guy whose name people recognize. Maybe we'll take some bets on him. He ain't coming here. I don't think so. I don't know. I can't. Just the fact that they haven't made that announcement yet as to who's taken over the job leads me to believe that it could be We're Eric talking Bien-Ami. to everybody. It Talk- could be Eric Bieniemy. It could be. Like, oh, somebody's still alive. Oh, someone's still, someone who's still coaching. Oh. Someone who's still like they're they're going to be interested, like quietly interested, and they'll do all the interviews. And then once he becomes available, it's like, bam, they'll go ahead and take Eric Bieniemy. It makes perfect sense to take away the OC from your arch rival. Like, let him go up against Andy. He knows what Andy's going to do. Let him go. I mean, I, I was talking to someone yesterday about it. I'm like, why isn't Eric Bieniemy's name being associated with the Raiders? Why is this so quiet? Like, it just... For every so. offseason, every offseason, we're all like, why isn't Eric Bieniemy getting a job? Why isn't Eric Bieniemy getting interviewed? Why isn't he getting a head coaching job? And the Raiders would be the perfect, perfect spot for him. And you could keep Rick Spasaccia. You could keep him on the staff. And I think people would be like, okay, you're bringing over the, the, the dude who does have baggage. Okay. I know he's got a domestic thing. And there's some things that in his history that have led some owners to be wary of him. But I think the Raiders would be okay with it. I think... I think people here would be okay with it. And I think you would get, you get that offense, that mind. I mean, Derek Carr would be doing backflips. If you, if you get Eric B enemy in here. So interesting. For sure. He's not Andy Reed, but he has been under Andy Reed. And I would love those battles. It would be a whole lot of fun to watch B enemy and Reed do the chess match. Who is the DC? I would keep the staff. I would keep Gus Bradley did a phenomenal job after at the end of the year. So let, Eric run the offense. Bradley runs the defense. Away we go. Asachi runs special teams. Let's go. Got the makings of a squad right there. If it's a big if, but we'll see. We'll see. All right. A couple things. Two NBA stories. First, Joel Embiid has scored more points in minutes played in his last four games. (laughs) Love Jojo. Isn't that a sick stat? He scored more points in four games combined than he has played minutes. Yep. With the Sixers. He's been on fire. I mean, he's the MVP right now, right? 
Man, I've been talking about it I've, since last year. On my podcast, we play the Sixers song every show. I love it. <laughs> I love the way he plays. Um, this is amazing. More points than minutes played. He put last up four a, games. Yeah, but he put up a 50-burger yep. um, a couple games ago. I think he's the MVP, but he just don't play enough. He still sits and he doesn't play enough games. That's been the argument. Now, Steph has been the overwhelming favorite for the MVP in that market since the beginning of the season. But Steph can't throw the ball in the ocean right now. He cannot make a shot. I think he was one of 13 or something from three yesterday. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. what? Something's going on, but JoJo's coming up. Now, JoJo, the Sixers got to win games. The Sixers go out to lunch and lose games that they should win, and they blow leads when they have them, and then they come back in games and look unimpressive other than Embiid in the games that they win. So it's like, man, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I know that market's moved. I mean, I've been watching it every day, talk about it on Sports Grid with, uh, with Donnie and Kevin especially. Um, he's down a four to one. I mean, like people are betting him at Fando. Yeah. He's four to one. He was 40 to one or 20 to one or something a week ago before the 50 point game. So I don't so know. Let's go through tonight. His number is 31 and a half okay. up against the Pelicans at home. Mm-hmm. Embiid scored 32, 32, 50, 40, 38. His last five games. Bet the streak. What's the number? 30 and a half? 31 and a half. That's high. That's so high. But so he scored high. 38, 40, and 50 the last three games. The Pelicans provide zero resistance. 128 in points in three games is what he is. He's averaging 40 a game, basically, over the last three. Oh, yeah, that 51, the 50-point game puts it higher. But he's he's got 30 like every game. Yeah, um, all the way. The last time he scored 25 points was back on the 14th of January. The three games, sorry, the five games before that, he scored 31 on the nose. Right. Before that, he scored 34, 36, 36. That's the the last time, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, or his last 15 games. He has only failed to score 31 points or more once. Once or twice. Oh, man. So it's going to come down to like basically like a free throw. Of like course. That's 32. The- to get the 32 <laughs> points, it'll come down. If you're betting over, you're betting on a free throw. He needs, he'll probably have to hit a free throw with like five minutes to play. What's the juice right now? So at FanDuel, the juice is minus 110 on both sides. Oh, I think you could bet it then. Okay. Minus 110. This is the like the top top, top number for him. Listen, right the last thing I want to do today is use the term coin flip after our discussion <laughs> yesterday. The last thing I want to do is to even mention those two words, coin flip. <laughs> but this is a coin flip on this number, 31 and a half. Listen, the books know. Sometimes I say nobody knows shit all the time, but sometimes mm-hmm. the books know. 31 and a half, perfect number. What are you going to do? Remember the line in uh, in the movie Speed? 31 and a half is the number, Hotshot. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I don't bet know. I mean, it's tough. Bet the streak. Bet, bet the streak. I, I, I say bet the streak. I say bet them. Bet Pelicans them off a of back-to-back. And, there's the, and the Pelicans are resting 
I, got, I think a couple players tonight too. Jojo stat game over. He needs to get it. The problem is he needs to get it in the third quarter. Yeah, that's the problem with these numbers, right? Like, yep. I mean, they're he needs 11 to get point it. favorites. He may not he play the get fourth quarter. They're going to rest him. So he, he'll need to get that because they're fine with under, him going 30, under, 30 I'm, and 10. I, I'm going back. I'm going back. I, I, I want under. I want under. Okay. You're, talking, you're making a better case, I think, for the under right now. Because of that blowout factor. Yeah, it's real. It's real likely they just go 30 and 10 sit. Like he gets right to double, that double, number. Double, yep. double, keep it going. Jojo. Up by 10, you know, up by 10 and going in the fourth quarter. It's like, but yeah, that's the leads they blow. That's the problem. True. With the Sixers team, they're like the six seed. They should be the three seed. Like they got to gotta stay away from the early matchup with Brooklyn or or uh, Milwaukee. They can't play them in the first round. They got to get that three seed so they don't have to play them. They keep blowing these leads against these teams. I don't know. Chat question to you. Are we going back on the over three and a half made threes for Steph? The numbers back down to three and a half tonight. Juiced to the under over is minus 174. Sorry, juice to the over. Under is plus 136. Give me that plus money and under right now. Dallas is one of the best defensive teams in the league, this total is the third lowest total of the entire season. I think for the for Golden State game, I saw two eleven, two eleven. What? Well, I'm, and, on, and, I'm on. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll talk about that and better to book it. But I got okay. a better, I got a better number than that. But have you seen the Mavericks lately? Unders. It's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable what they're like, on. It's they straight. are playing lockdown defense, and the numbers. It sticks out when you look yeah. at the whole board. Like every day I just get up and I look at the board and I'm like, oh, 206 and a half. Oh, that must be the Mavericks game. Oh, because there ain't no number low, lower than 212 or 215 some nights. They're starting to creep back up into the 215 and over numbers every mm-hmm. day. And we're getting higher in the 220s, 228s. There's a 233 and a half today. I mean, there's there's numbers again that's starting to come back up. The Mavericks are nasty. Mm. I'm, I'm going, mm. if you give me plus money on under Steph tonight, three and a half under chat, we're going under. All right. We're going under three and a half. That's a yeah. it's hard. So he hits three. That's just <laughs> that last, that fourth one is going to be much like Embiid with those free throws. Right. There's that, there's that last four, three, like he's only getting four. So it's like, it's either three or four. Which one is he going to be? This Steph, will either get either. three or four. He he trades those things like with Luca, right? Like this might be one of those games where Luca comes down in a close game, makes a big shot, and they you know run two picks for Steph. He runs around a corner, shoots another three. What if he gets six or seven? It may, they may be trading shots. This may be a heavyweight fight tonight, Dallas and Golden State. You can find stuff on the board every day that has value. This is a, I think this is the NBA game of the day, despite the Lakers playing in Brooklyn. This is the game of the night. Interesting. All right, let's get to yes. our given props podcast, betprep.com prop of the day. This has a two and O record so far. Our guy, our guy, Brad Feinberg, one of the co-hosts of the given props podcast. You can find wherever you get your audio podcasts from betprep.com, our sister site. He ha- he likes Bradley Beal going over 22 and a half points tonight at minus 120 at home against the LA Clippers. How do you feel about that prop? What does Beal average? 24 right yeah um, it's close that i i like this over the total's 220 in the game beal's been scoring 
The Clippers games have been 20, yeah, 23 points. Bill average is 23.6 per game. Yeah. So just Close under his game. average um, in a high scoring game with an opponent that doesn't play pedestrian defense, but they do a lot of standing around. I think Beal definitely gets this number. Um, and you only, and by the way, the two times that Brad has bet this, he's gone way over. He had yeah. Steph, the first yep. bet it was three and a half. We hit five. And then he had last Friday. Um, I forget who he backed, but they, they covered it by like eight uh, points. It was CJ McCollum over yes. 19 against, and a half. He got against the Celtics. Yeah. yeah he went way over it. So and another Celtics. game that with the total flew over. I like what he's doing here. Picking a guy in a game where the, the, the totals, on the high side, picking one of the scores that they rely on. Like, you know, if Washington's going to win this game, it's kind of correlated. Beal's going to go over his numbers. So I like this one tonight. Uh, this would be a bet it for me. All right. Let's go to better to book it. I love it. I, I love that Beal over. And, and it's rising, too. You can get 22 and a half. You shop right now at the time of taping. But FanDuel's at 23 and a half. So there is money yeah. coming in on Beal. So driving that number. I wouldn't go over 24. But I, if you get it under 24, I do. I, I like that. I'll be on that tonight. Three, and know, oh, let's see. We got that for our uh, given props pod uh, prop of the day. OK, so better to book it now. All right. So I'm going to tell you right now, I, I hate the card. Okay, college basketball is an absolute mess. So hard to there are so many big numbers everywhere. Big like numbers. every good team has a 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 point spread. I mean, it's yep. just this feels like one of those weekends in the NFL where you're like, all right, every single big favorite, like this is ridiculous. Just bet dogs. <laughs> but I can't because it's college basketball. So I can't right. just bet dogs. So I'm going to go. I like Arizona to win. It was minus two. It's now three and a half. Okay. But I, I got Arizona last night to win at minus 120. It's now minus 160. <laughs> it's really moved. So wow. there is a little bit of a knock here as a number that I got on this parlay last night. However, Auburn just to win, forget the 14 and a half points against okay. Missouri. Okay. Baylor at home against Kansas State, forget the 10, whatever the hell it is now, minus 10, nine and a half, 10 and a half. Yeah, it's 14, by the way, just so you know. Baylor's 14 now? Baylor's 14. Oh, my goodness. There's a couple 13 and a halfs left. But it was nine and a half last night. Why didn't I bet that? I should just bet Baylor minus nine and a half. My God, they're at home. Volatility, you know. if you start oh. really paying attention to the overnight college basketball, is unbelievable. It's unbelievable how much this stuff is moving. But go ahead. So I was just trying to say, all right, I don't want to bet with Arizona and lay. I want to get some value out of it. So Auburn, Baylor, Arizona at UCLA. We get late night Bill Walton, by the way. How about that oh, for UCLA? It's going to piss off Wildcat fans, noted because you know what he's going to talk about with UCLA. The homer, the homer that Bill Walton is. The VCRs or the DVRs, I mean. You say VCR? Yeah. In 2022, you VCR. We're talking about the 80s and 90s earlier. I mixed up the letters. It's DVR. Yeah, set yeah. that, record that, because that'll set be that. Betting or booking a three-leg money line parlay in college hoops tonight? Um, man, well, I mean, Even we know though. Auburn and Baylor aren't losing; they're not losing the game. So we're basically taking Arizona. Um, I love Arizona this year. If you haven't seen them play, if you haven't watched them play, watch yeah. them play this year. They're they're one of the best defensive teams in the country, one of the best offensive team in the country. Arizona's legit. 
I just for the purposes of the show, I'll book it because I got all this Ram stuff on. I got the Dodgers jersey on. <laughs> oh yeah, go with the, go with UCLA. We'll stick with UCLA tonight. Um, they have to but, win the game, mind you, not just cover that three and a half. They got to win. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, this would be a good. This would be a good test for them. You know, it's a short number on the road. Um, obviously, UCLA and Pauley Pavilion is a hard place to play. UCLA is a very good basketball team too. I don't think they're as good as UCLA. Um, but in the book, sometimes again, you can take positions and you've, you don't think Arizona's as good as UCLA or all the way around. No, I think right now, Arizona is better than UCLA. Yes. Right now. Yeah. I think they're better. Um, but until they win there, you know, we'll really know. So I'll book it. Not, uh, not excited about it, but, um, it would give me something to watch now. <laughs> I hate and this is the only way I could come up with like, how do I watch college basketball tonight? I was like, well, <laughs> here are three games I can watch college basketball for tonight. I can watch it. I can just link these three together and in a way we go. So yeah, uh, a lot of big spreads today. Don't do this, by the way. This is a this is a dumb bet. Parlays are this is a dumb bet, but it's because I have to bet every night, every day, and like I was like, well, these are three games I get to watch, and they all are sprinkled throughout the night, so I get early Central West Coast. Give me three games to pay attention to, and I don't need to worry about time zones. Is this a three time zone parlay? I think so. Yeah, Auburn should play early. Auburn should play then Baylor. Well, I guess I guess Auburn and Baylor are in the same time zone. So I guess two games going. going You didn't do an East Coast time zone. Yeah, I thought Auburn. Yeah, put UConn in there and turn this thing into plus money. UConn's a fifteen point favorite. Well, Uh, if you want to get real crazy, and this is where bet Alabama money line and bet UConn money line, and it's a five leg money line parlay coming down to. Bama's 14 and a half at Georgia. <laughs> Georgia sucks. Georgia's really bad. Well, they're going to take out some revenge for that uh, yeah. championship football game. Let's yeah. lay it on Georgia. The total's 157 and a half. Yeah. It goes over, doesn't it? So let me see. If you do, I, at FanDuel, if you were to do that, what well, I just said, um, now with all these new numbers here from a money line parlay perspective, uh, where is UConn? Um, halfway down uh, where's Connecticut there, oh, there it is so a five leg money line parlay is plus 127 oh that's trying to get there that is trying to get to that plus 126 man oh man that is a joke a that's five a leg joke. money line chalk parlay only Ooh. gets you a plus 127 return yikes well you'll be able to take UCLA in the money line once it gets to that point um in game, right? That that was Plus always whatever you right. can lock. That's my point. Yes. That's what I'm doing. Yes, that was yeah. my philosophy. Is yeah. on that. If you bet them all against the number, oh sorry, hold on, hold on, wait, Bama, Bama money line. Hold on, sorry. Yeah, if you bet them all, all against the number, it's plus, it's twenty three to one, twenty four to one actually That's at true. Fanduel. Yeah. So you want to go with a real Hail Mary five leg money line parlay. Baylor minus 14, UConn minus 14 and a half, Auburn minus 13, Arizona minus two and a half, Bama minus 14 and a half. Do they all cover? No, absolutely not. Five games, big chalk favorites. I'd say they go three and two. Correct. And I'll I'll say that Missouri covers back door. Really? All right. Yeah. And I will say, because I do think that when you go on the road, that one next to your name is heavy. You get the best shot. Crap teams hit shots they never hit. 
Right. You make dumb mistakes. You turn the ball over. Never being number one in school history is a whole different level of attention. Feels so, so I wonder that so that that's my that's why I wanted money line with Auburn. They're not going to lose the game. I just don't know if they go and win by fifteen points. That's like a big, that's a big ask big on ask. the road. Yeah. Like yeah. So that's my like mm, on that game. And I get why. I mean, again, gambling Twitter is all over Missouri. Like, like if you look at everyone's picking Missouri today. Yep. So you want to fade those guys. Okay. And but maybe they go the other way. Maybe they flex their muscles and say, yeah, we're number one. And we're going to start to beat the living hell out of everyone we play. And we're just going to torch everyone and show it why we're the number one team in the country. So two ways. I was like, you know what? I don't want to play that with that line. I'll just take it money line. And the only other play I've got going today, we kind of teased it a bit, but. Warriors Mavericks under 215 and a half. I bet this last night. I'm shocked it's only 210 and a half. I thought it would be like 207 by now. I thought, I thought it would just like crater. These numbers, in case you guys haven't seen this for the for the Mavericks, this is stupid. The Mavericks under eight straight. And not only eight straight, it has gone under now every game over the last 14, except once. What? Yes. For Dallas Mavericks. Really? Yes. Five in a row. Then Houston went over eight in a row under Dallas Dallas Mavericks. On the other side, the Golden State Warriors at home are seven, 16 and two to the over two of uh, the last two have gone under three of the last four have gone under. And the last time these two teams played in Dallas, the game went under by 32 points. What? 32 points. Really? Yes, really. Number was 213. The final was 99.82. Oh my gosh. What the? Am I in a studio with you right now? I can't see. I see you. All right. How about now? Is that better? Is that better? Now you're gone again. Now, how about now? What happened? I don't know. I still hear you. I still hear you. I'm still talking into the camera, but I don't see you. So I closed something on my screen and you disappeared. <laughs> Hold on. I'm coming back. Stay there. Stay there. Stay there. Hold on. Get me back in here. How about now? You can you see me now? I hear you now. Can you see me though? I can see you now. But oh, now okay, good. Double. Close me out in one of those. You are closed out. Don't worry about that. Just talk. You're fine. I got you. You look okay. good. We're all good. All We're right. betting or booking Warriors Mavericks under two two eleven and a half. Two two and a half two ten and a half now. But we're betting this. Of course, right? This seems I'm I'm sorry, but this seems like one of the easier bets of the night. <laughs> um nothing's easy. Nothing's easy. Correct. But this one feels easy. I like it. I like if we're it. We're going under made threes for, for Steph and we're doing you know, we, we think it's going to be a lockdown team for the Mavericks. Warriors play great defense, and at home, they don't go over at all. I mean, not lately. Seven, thir- seven, 16, and two. I mean, against the, con- the season. Yeah. Golden State Warriors at home are, are 16, two, seven, and two to the under. <laughs> like vastly going way under, consistently going way under. It may be because the public is juicing it up or the, the books are putting too high of a number on it, but. Way under this year is, for the Golden State. Play playing tonight? Uh, I'm guessing so because if he wasn't, that number would have cratered even more than it is. Mm. It's gone down a full point, but that's it. 
We're betting under. Of course, we have to bet under. It's that's just to me, it's too easy. That's just, I just, now watch them score 100 points, you know, 120 <laughs> points each. But yeah, watch it just be a, a complete three point barrage. Clay Thompson goes for 45 tonight and then, you know, game sales over, which would be typical. But all right. Favorite thing about today is what? Um, so I they have already happened. Um, I drove Jessica to work this morning mm-hmm. and we had a nice fun conversation about Super Bowl and some maybe some ants are coming out and all this stuff. And I was nice. Like, okay. So the drive to work with the wife is kind of becoming a little fun, almost morning date. So that was my favorite thing so far. And then tonight, softball practice. We got a tournament this weekend. Big Kid Sig Kylie has her first official collegiate games this weekend as well. So big oh, weekend right, in the house. Because she registered last year, right? No, no, no. She's a freshman. She's a freshman. Oh, okay. PSN. So, yeah, she's she's got so games softball on Friday is a spring, and Saturday. Softball is a spring sport? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think it was I think it was a fall sport. Maybe it was a fall sport in New England. No, I think it was a spring sport because baseball is a spring sport. So when did they go to Florida? Or I guess I guess it's one of the benefits, right? They don't. It's so warm here. It's a joke. And comes here. Yeah, in New England, the joke is when do you go to Florida? Like when you're playing baseball in the spring, it's when do you go to Florida? And every baseball team, every softball team, anybody who's playing that sport, you well, a blizzard's about to hit New England this weekend. So like. There are long ways of playing baseball <laughs> in oh, New England. So there, if it goes, you know how like they have like the European model and the American model. If the European model is right, it's like 17 inches of snow going to Boston. Just bury wind gusts of like 50 miles per hour, whiteout conditions, like just horrific. If it stays out, the, U- the U.S. model has it off staying offshore. So if it stays offshore, they'll be okay. They'll get clipped a little bit, but they won't get buried. But your in-laws are never leaving. Just so you know. oh, I mean, my father-in-law was like, man, <laughs> they're about to get crushed. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, aren't you happy? It's 54 degrees here today. Yeah. <laughs> aren't you happy? You're going to get buried by 17 <laughs> inches of snow and 50 mile per hour winds. And we don't need that. Yuck. That's just a whole lot of yuck. And it's unfortunate because it would be awesome. If it was like if the Patriots were going to host the AFC championship game this weekend, like that might have been Snowball 2.0. Would have been fun. Ugh. My mom's going away to Maine with my sister for uh, for a night, and they're already like, I don't think we're coming back till Sunday. Like they're being, they're assuming they're being snowed in in Maine. What do you go to Maine for in January? My sister lives there. Oh, okay. That's the only reason why. But they're they're doing like a mother daughter. Friday night thing. I don't know, going to a spa or something. I don't know what the hell they're doing. But I was like, are you ready for the blizzard? And she was like, yeah, I'm going to Maine on Friday. I'm assuming I'm not coming home on Saturday. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I have a daughter that drives and I worry about it all the time. I actually have two, both of them drive. Do you worry about your mom driving? No one in that blizzard and stuff. Do you worry about that? No, my mom is pretty with it still i mean okay. she's only one of my 44 she's 62 so oh, no problem okay yeah she's so, a good driver 
She's a good driver. She's good enough. I mean, she's not great, but she's good enough. But she's like one of these like hardened New England women that like. Oh, she's fine. Doesn't give a crap. Like, yeah. Boss of the road. Yeah. If it was a foot, like she has, she has an all wheel drive Honda CRV. So okay. like it, it does fairly well in the snow. Yeah. It kind of. Isn't that funny though? Like I, like I was talking to Teresa about this the other day. Like when you grow up in New England and you grow up in you know the Northeast, Pennsylvania, Ohio, whatever. Like you have the conversation about like how's the car in the snow every like time, you, right? You goes like, well, this, you show, well, how's the car in the snow? Like we you just you, we don't have that conversation here. <laughs> like we just, that conversation is so foreign to anybody here, but it's such a massive part of any car dot, car buying process that you get in. You're like, all right, how's it in the snow? <laughs> it's, like the, here, it's, like, it's the second question to first how much is the car cost right and then it's how is it in the snow it's the second question so funny <laughs> and like because my, my my wife has a mini cooper Teresa has a mini cooper like yeah. there's no way in hell that car in new england is a nightmare it's <laughs> like, been it's like a, a top yeah, it's so light it would just sit on top of the snow and just it wouldn't go, any, yeah. fish it wouldn't go anywhere it would be horrible in the snow and i just always gonna laugh like <laughs> you would never have this car and then you could never have this car in boston you might get away with it because the, the roads are a little bit better in boston because it's a city and they plow but like anywhere else forget it like Hell it would be a no. disaster in maine new hampshire vermont like it would be like the absolute worst car to own in we don't have to worry about that here, which is <laughs> so you. odd. Thank goodness, because you can't shovel heat. I love the retort. Yeah, talk to me in July. Talk to me when it's 115. I'm like, give me 115 every single time over blizzards. Oh, oh. it's not. There's. I don't even know what that'd make the price. I can't even make the price. <laughs> give me the heat. Minus 80,000. Amen to that. I'm with you on that. Uh, for, for me, I'm very, very excited for 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 a lot of things going on this week we're having a big week with the company but i i'm really kind of excited because my daughter is in a play this weekend on saturday and so she's in uh she's in little mermaid and yeah. so we have more of our rehearsals and we have more of like the prep for it and like she's counting down the days to like here comes and her grandparents are here so she can perform in front of them and it's I, I, I'm counting down the days for it to be over. So I'm like, yeah. I'm, every day is a good day because I'm getting closer to the end of that. Like, let's get through this and be done with this. Because I don't, I, I have, I have a little bit of a bone with to pick with the whole kid acting. Perf, wrong word. Um, not the profession, but like the business model. How about that? <laughs> the business model feels a little crooked. You think? <laughs> so, it's a whole lot of money for not a whole lot of things that go on. So you find like, all this stuff out as the dad I'm just adding, I'm up. adding up. I'm going this charge, this charge. Wait, how much is this costing us to do one play? Stop. Like what the hell? Stop. She asking. loves it. She loves it. Oh, yeah. and I'm like, can we be done with this, please? I got to buy tickets too. Like not only do I got to pay you, do I now now got to buy I got to buy four tickets, and it's on us to buy the tickets because the in laws are here. So now I'm buying four tickets. Why me? Why am I? I'm the dad. I, I pay for that. I take my kid here. I give you money. I take you. Like, I, I now I got to pay for tickets too. So yeah, I'm <laughs> well, very excited. Very excited to get that done. Let's one day. Today's a good day because it's one more day closer to that thing being done, and then we can wow. go go on and do something else, which is. Other ways of taking my money, but that racket is—that's a racket. 
I always wonder how does did they have like because they're in um, a shopping center. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be nameless. I'm always wondering like how do they how do they afford that location? It's a pretty good location. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, count the kids. Oh, <laughs> like, more shows. Another little More mermaid. Shows. Next week it's the producers. Next week 100%. it's something else. Oh, they already do. They already are pushing us with Moana. They're like, yeah. okay, oh, yeah, remember yeah. Moana tryouts are next week. Yeah, I'm okay. like, yeah, I don't want to be here. So hopefully, I'm. Madeline is like kind of like she's wishy washy. Like some days she's yes, and some days she's no. And I'm like, I'm just telling you no. Like we're just taking a simple. Break. We're taking a break. We'll I've been the it. no guy for 18 years in this house. I'm still picking. Somebody got to do it. Amen to that. <laughs> Amen to that. You guys can go and subscribe to the Props YouTube channel so you know when Dave and I go live. Also subscribe wherever you get your audio podcast to search The Bostonian versus The Book. He's Dave. I'm Matt. We're back tomorrow for a Wednesday edition of the program.